702nd Off-Lift Radio Show with my guest, Scott Atkinson. Now, I was up here a couple, couple of weeks ago when uh, I was interviewing Catherine Breed, who swam from uh, the Golden Gate Bridge to Harpoon Bay, and then the, Scott hosted the interview. And uh, he said some interesting, th interesting things, so I go, heck, another show. So I'm, <laughs> I came back today, and I'm going to interview Scott because of some things that... I know he has some uh, some things with Jane Goodall and some other people, and we're just gonna sit here and have a fireside chat and uh, see what see what he says, see what's going on. I know you'll be interested. If you want to catch the show later, you can catch it on YouTube or any major podcast platform or OffTheVideo.com. Scott, deal. Top five things you want to talk about are um, community, sustainability. Pursuing your passions. I'm sure we'll get into all of those you things. Want to do community first? Yeah, yeah. Let's do that. Yeah, well, we're maybe it's it's worthwhile talking about where we're we're sitting right now. We're yeah. we're in Montera, part of the Coastside community here near Half Moon Bay, south of San Francisco. Um, moved here seven or eight years ago. Yeah, yeah. And you know, it's a special place. And you, I mean, if you, if you blink, you go through this happy blink. Yeah, blink. I mean, there's a gas station and uh, two stores and. Then you're on to the next town that has a gas station and two stores, and that's it. But very special place. And yeah, we've. I'm originally not from here though, so I, I grew up in New Jersey. Where? North Jersey, outside of uh, New York, yeah. Oakland. Yeah. So most people, when I say Oakland, they yeah, think yeah. of yeah, California. Yeah. My brother lives in Jersey, on the Jersey Shore. Ah, uh, yeah. Manasquan. Manasquan. That's where I learned to surf. Is it? Yes. At the jetty. It's yeah, yeah, yeah. Jetty. Exactly. It's a, great surf spot. it's a really good spot. Yeah. yeah. So I would. In high school, I would drive from Oakland down to Manasquan every weekend, and then when I but was a kid in Oakland, New Jersey, interested in surfing. I mean, is that did you? Well, my, how did you get that? Now that connection. Well, I was a, I was a swimmer growing up, right? And the swimming was for me really boring, and yeah. so my my family partially because it was the cheap, cheapest time of the year to to go to Massachusetts. My family would go and vacation in Massachusetts during hurricane season yeah. in August. Yeah. So it'd be cheap, but it also would be when there were waves. Yeah. So I got into surfing when I was 12 up there. And then as I got older in my license, then went to the Jersey Shore. Yeah. And then, you know, as a surfer, where do you go in college? Well, I foolishly went to the middle of nowhere in Vermont, Middlebury, and froze my tail off. Surfing? Surfing. And then I got, I really got the bug to be more aligned with the water, and I studied abroad in Australia, and uh, lived there for six what months. What did you study there? I studied like Australian war, and like took a marine biology class. I was in a liberal arts okay. uh, mode in, right. in college, right, so right, right. my my major was history. Yeah. I ultimately ended up focusing on civil rights history. Like I wrote my junior thesis on the revitalization of black nationalism post Rodney King in LA. <laughs> and then my senior year, the senior year thesis was 112 pages called Whitewater. It's about the whiteness of surfing. And I always found it interesting that this, you know, sport that came from Hawaii yeah. uh, was very lily white. And so I looked at redlining and residential segregation and GI incentives post World War II and, and, uh, and wrote about surfing through that lens. Did, did, you, did you publish your book? I didn't. I, I I've lost the thesis. It oh, drives yeah. me bananas. Yeah, I yeah. But all the book, like all the surf books up there, uh, 
that the audience can't see. There's yeah. probably 40 of them are, are remnants from that. Oh, cool. From that cool. thesis. But yeah, and then I, I just, I, I was in Australia, loved it, and in a permanent move to Dethaw, moved out to California, got a job working as a headhunter for a search firm, which was focused on working with venture-backed tech companies. And our first client was um, Facebook. This, really? is, this was back when people were wondering, is Friendster gonna win the social, you know, social right. networking war or MySpace? Right. And I just fell in love watching the partner, a gentleman by the name of Matt Oaken, I fell in love watching how he advised Mark and his hiring decisions. And so what I was doing was working on placing C-level executives. And then I loved, uh, I guess I'm not, I'm going off into the life history, but I loved that until um, I found a calling at a different firm. And along the journey, I would say six, six years ago, when I had established myself as a partner at this firm and I was working in placing CFOs at Twitter and Uber, all technology companies, right, right. I found my, myself really thinking through how do I want to be a citizen? How do I want to be a community member both locally and globally? And that meant thinking through, well, maybe I, and I don't have any job skills as a recruiter, but maybe how I can participate in the world is by spending more time placing leaders in companies and organizations that have a purpose around them. Yeah. So, you know, Patagonia, Patagonia being one, right. we worked, we helped uh, um, place an executive for Ryan's team not too terribly long ago. Jane Goodall and the JGI um, team, we worked in placing their executive director. And so, but it was interesting, Neil, like it, it, it wasn't, it didn't come from a, it came from a, a number of different hits into my heart, as corny as that sounds, yeah. that that caused that turn. And um, did you, know, you question the quality of your life at that point at all? Like, well, I, I'm doing this, I'm successful at it, but it's not fulfilling me. And what what's the quality of my life? With, without a doubt, right. I mean, it came from being in the water, frankly, yeah. and seeing, you know, whales wash up on that here in our community that, you know, were, um, you know, you could argue through science may have been beached because of the acoustics from larger ships. So that, that I found to be distressing. Also, I mean, we were back a couple of years ago dealing with some serious fires. I mean, I remember this wasn't, this is more recent, but the CZ, the, the, the Santa Cruz fire. Yeah being down at a neighbor's property right yeah. by Martin's Beach on the top of the hill, and right. we were doing forest fire prep, and all I could think about was climate change in that moment, and how it was impacting our community. And then, you know, I, I had a trip to Rwanda, I had a, another trip to Africa, and I just came back saying, man, if I'm working with, you know, another widget company that's not being helpful to people, but right. really just distracting people, right. shame on me. Yeah. So. Yeah, we've been we've been very fortunate at my firm, Hydrogen Struggles, in working with leaders and thinking through how do you embed better outcomes into the global economy through what we do, which is placement work. Yeah. So it's been great. So you've been working with Jay Goodall a little bit, right? Yes. Just start, just that just started. I'm that, gonna start with her because she's yes. obviously top of the tree. Totally. Right. She's. I think of her as you know Mother Nature. She's she's yeah unbelievable. You can give her that, can give her that title. Yeah, absolutely. So. 
And the, the, the relationship with her started from, you know, being of service and placing an executive director at the, the Jane Goodall Institute and placing a board member. And, um, I mean, she's the real, she's the real deal. Yeah. You know, there's that old adage of don't meet your heroes because they're destined to fail you or something along those lines. Yeah. And that is the dumbest saying when you meet <laughs> Jane, you know, right. she just flies in the face of, of right. that. Anything else around the ocean that you've been doing? Over Surfing a ton. Yeah. yeah, my COVID story was I was sitting here five miles from uh, from Mavericks and thinking about if the world were to turn tomorrow and um, what would I be upset that I, I didn't actually accomplish and that was making an attempt to go surf Mavericks. So my, my focus over the last three or four years has been trying to surf the smallest wave ever. At Mavericks, yeah, yeah. I'm, and I had. How's it coming along? It, it came along really well. Uh, there was, you know, I, I was fortunate that um, Christy Davis took me under his wing, who has been surfing that place for thirty plus years. Yeah. He's been very giving. Yeah. He and I actually went to rival high schools, even though he's much older than me. Um, and it's it's been an amazing journey. It started with getting over some fear on actually going into the wave and letting myself get wiped out a bunch of times. That, does, that, does that happen? Oh, yeah. 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 In fact, my second season, I, I was working, I, I am working with someone um, from a training perspective, and I just said, I can't for the life of me find the will to get over that wave, which, frankly, I know I should be, and it could be dangerous for me. What, is, what held you back, do you think? Do you think the fear just of... Fear. Fear, fear, of the un- fear of wiping out yeah. and either physically being bruised or, or maybe even my ego being bruised, right. you know, in front of all the people. Um, well, you have a little one too, right? How many kids you have? I have a, I have a four-year-old and a one-year-old. Right, so it's like, yeah. it's like you got to be around for them. Absolutely. And to fill, to fill just this crazy dream of having a, totally. a maverick, a wave that may kill you. Yes. I don't know. I think, I, think, I mean, this is a special, I, mm. say, I say this tongue-in-cheek, but if you have kids, you shouldn't be so mad. Yeah. Because, you know, <laughs> because... <laughs> It'll kill you. Totally. And then the kid, who misses out? The kids. So, Absolutely. Uh, but that's well, just tiny, a little bit tiny and cheap. Well, I'm not, and I'm also not going out on days that are above my pay grade in terms yeah. of what I feel confident in. Yeah. And it's interesting you bring up the kids because after I got an ability to, to push through that and actually wipe out, I mean, that was part of the stories. Someone said, have you actually wiped out there? And I hadn't. So the yeah. fear of actually what is that wipeout going to be was part of the detriment. But... Once have, I, you, have you wiped out? Oh, yeah. 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 yeah, yeah. Probably wiped out more than I've actually gotten waves out yeah. there. Yeah. But once that happened, I was also able to find my happy place, which you bring up bring up kids. It For me, my ultimate place where I can relax and calm down is when I close my eyes getting pummeled by a wave and just think of my smiling son. Right. And I think to myself, well, if you if you don't calm down, you know, you're not going to be able to go home. You're gonna, right. and, and you won't be seeing that smiling face. Right. But it's been it's been a really really good journey. And uh, yeah. driving up here, so the safety the safety team yes. is there, so they're they're, yeah, they're, getting yeah, ready, yeah. they're getting ready for you. So totally. I saw the helicopters and the whole exactly. safety practice with Frank. Or, you know, and Frank's amazing. I mean, right. Frank and Drake, um, Parker, Tim, Kyle, like the, those guys are the real deal. Right. Even uh, you know, call Carrie. Um, Smith, part of the Harbor Patrol, that whole crew is so focused on making sure everybody gets home. 
right. and they're giving up their time. Yesterday, I actually was at day one of the Ocean Safety Summit, and it was just incredible. It's a free summit, yeah. and they're there just to yeah. you know be a resource for everybody right. in the community. So. What else you done? Are you involved in any other surf surfing organizations? Yes, Save the Waves. Yeah, I so. Which is based in Santa Cruz, right. and with you you Nick, know well. Nick Strong exactly. Yeah. spent many hours. Wonderfully butchering his name. Nick Strong Ceviche. Yeah, he's, yeah. He's, uh, yeah, he's a great guy. He is a great guy. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I met Nick kind of when I was going through my transformation from focusing on helping the corporate side to more of the impact side. And I was thinking, well, I have this professional work that I'm doing, but I want to reserve some capacity in my life to be of service just as a volunteer. And at that time, and I'm a surfer yeah. and an environmentalist, right. and at that time I, I got connected with Nick via another organization, Conservation International. Um, and the, the, you know, Nick, uh, part of my, my focus was I want to volunteer with one or two incredible leaders as they scale their organization. And Nick was one of them. Like Nick just, and you know this, mm -hmm, yeah. strategic, operational, yeah, yeah. amazingly high integrity. Yeah. So that was an, an easy one. What do you do for that? Service? What do you do? I'm on the board. Okay. So I, I serve as a board member, yeah. but I, I feel like a volunteer with them. I mean, we just got back from Punta Canejo, yeah. um, which it's a world-class um, sand bottom point break. And there is a current project Perfect. right now. I mean, it's I mean, it's rare. It's a yeah. very rare re yeah. resource, right? Yeah. Think about how many of those are in the world. Yeah. Um, but there's a project right now on the docket to basically put concrete over 14,000 acres of mangrove forest, which, you know, there's 68 different mammal species right. that are there, jaguars, right. the, the, the most notably. Um, there's about 400 plus people that live in that area. And um, they're thinking about basically turning it, turning it, it into a parking lot for oil. No kidding. So we were invited to go down there yeah. and, and connect with the community and see how we could be a resource. And for me... How can you be a resource? I mean, well, that, we're, we're, that's what we're going to figure out. Yeah. Um, and it's to be, it, it's really to be additive to, or a, a, you know, a partner to the community. Right. You know, so we'll see how we'll see how that goes. It's in a bit of a mix, but just the thinking about that ecosystem going away and how it would affect, you know, generations of families who have been so focused on uh, delivering their livelihood from from fisheries right. or from right. the surf industry, um, it would be it would be pretty terrible. Yeah. And the last thing I'll say is, not only would it affect the 14,000 acres of mangrove forest, but how are you going to fill in that spot? How are you going to fill in that wetland? Well, when I was up top on Punta Caneo, I could see mountains in the background. Yeah. And I'm like, oh, they're going to go dig right. into that mountain and then fill in this hole yeah. for this parking lot. For Can you just talk that? We'll see. Yeah. I think, I think it's more about being focused on the <coughs> conservation efforts versus fighting. As an environmentalist, which you've yeah. said you are, what's your, uh, what do you, what do you spend your time on? As you, if you spend time up being an environmentalist, what do you do? I spend a lot of time trying to figure out who are the next gen, gen companies 
and organizations that are going to make the biggest impact on the world. So I, do you have a couple in mind? I do. I really am, um, and they were just on John Oliver three weeks ago now. There's a company called NCX, which is, it's, they, they work and partner with landowners on the forest side to think through how to set up their assets in a way that can spit off carbon credits. So it's a carbon market place technology company. Mark Benioff is on the board. I think it's one of two companies that he's on the board of, but that's a really interesting one. Um, I'm very biased about this next one. It's called Terviva. Terviva? Terviva, T-E-R-V-I-V-A. I'm biased because I've worked in placing their CFO and also my wife works for them. Um, but they've found a really interesting patent on how to process the pangamia nut from the pangamia tree, which is the sacred tree in India. And they go and they pluck it. It's wild harvest. And they pluck it and they process this nut into something that is kind of comparable to um, sunflower oil or, or like that. Um, and this pangamia tree, which doesn't need a whole lot of water to grow, is really good in growing in degraded soils. So like soils that have just been, been beaten up, low, low yeah. nitrogen, uh, uh, and they're thinking about maybe it could be an interesting crop to bring down to Florida and some of the orchards that have, I'm sorry, some of the orange groves that right. have uh, fallen by the wayside. What kind of tree is it again? Pangamia, and it's native to India, okay. and the studies show that if you plant it, it won't be an invasive right. uh, plant that's grown. Interesting. Um, so that's really interesting. Yeah. And, and yeah. climate change obviously is a big thing for you, correct? Correct. I mean, yeah. I, you know, I talk about this all the time, especially in Santa Cruz. But what the heck can you do? What? What? Is, what? How climate change? Okay. Take the last word, change. How can you? How can we change it? Yeah. Can we change it? You know, no one really knows. Like, even the climate scientists who are saying, you know, we, we're going to put a stake in the ground that we only have eight years until, you know, we hit Armageddon. We, this is an unprecedented moment for the planet. So we don't actually know. And for me, and, and this is part of, like, this... <laughs> part of, of me thinking about my own survival, I have no other choice than to be hopeful for a hopeful outcome. So because you've got two kids. I, mean, you have I have two kids. They want to enjoy the ocean. And then Absolutely. Where are they at? Where, when you're youngest, is 18, what's, what, is all, what is our world going to look like? Who knows? Right. I mean, I think it'll be difficult and it'll be challenging. I mean, for me, again, when I look at myself in the mirror, I feel like I am putting steps forward for right. myself personally and professionally to do the best that I can to leave the world in a better place for them. Right. What the outcome is, I have totally let go of that part of it. Yeah. Um, but we, we gotta try yeah. and we have to have hope. I mean, Jane talks about having hope and it being a survival mechanism for yeah. us. So, um, how does she keep going, do you think? How does she, how does that little, how does that little I, lady keep, keep going? I asked her point blank, I said, Jane, you've been doing this for a very long time, doing this meaning conservation. And I am sure that there have been days where you have lost hope and didn't want to get out of bed and 
what keeps you going? And what she said to me was, and I'm sure like it's been the 900th time someone's yeah, asked her this, yeah, yeah, right? Yeah, yeah. But she said, well, Scott, I have the good fortune of going around the world and meeting extraordinary people, and they give me hope, and they help me to keep right. going. Yeah. And for me, as a recruiter, headhunter, whatever you want to call it, who goes around the world and meets and assesses people and then places them at platforms and organizations where they can make an impact, it really, really resonated because that's my story as well. Yeah. Going around and seeing, oh my God, there's these amazing people that have these ideas and abilities to to make an impact. Yeah. So. Do you like these wave pools, surf wave pools ideas? Do you like, do you like them? You know, I've never been to one, yeah. so I can't I can't speak positive or negative to right. it. I mean, for me, part of why I haven't been to one is is I haven't had the opportunity, and they're super expensive. Yeah. And yeah. Um, the other part is I just I'm so close to Mother Nature, yeah. and being in nature is why I love surfing. It's the unknown. It's the experience of seeing a dolphin or feeling the wind switch at a certain yeah, moment. Yeah. So I have not. Have yeah. you? No, I have no, yeah. no, 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 no. It's expensive and uh, one of these days maybe we'll see. Yeah, you know, I'm not. Give it a try. Exactly. Once it, once it maybe comes down try Totally. Maybe, you know what I mean? Totally. But it's not top of my list to go out there. No. No. No, I, again, I really enjoy, for me, it's, it's always been about creating that alignment between my values and what I'm doing on a daily basis. And so for me, as a surf conservationist, right, if that's a, a thing, I, I want to spend time in areas yeah. that I'm either protecting or learning about or experiencing right. in nature. And I get excited walking down the stairs where I surf and then crossing the beach, I'll put my feet in the sand and getting my big toe wet. I'm good. Totally. And totally. I don't you know, the experience that from a, from a, a yeah. bad made way. Like, yeah. Uh, you know, the other, yeah, and again, I haven't been there, but for me, I also, oddly enough, enjoy being in the lineup. Yeah. I'm, not, I'm not the cranky person if it's super crowded. I yeah. enjoy the, the yeah, socialization well, you know, I just, part. I, you know, I get pissed. You will if you go get, you know, I will. I don't, not pissed, but I, like, goddamn, my spot's been, you know, inundated. But they have every right to be there just as I do. Yes. Next, next to me, totally. Wherever he's from, he has every right to be there as I have right to be there. Yeah. Yeah. You can't say you're taking something away from me because you just you have every right to be where you're at. Yeah. So Neil, shut up. <laughs> God. You know? No one. Yeah. It's it's one of those things. No one. No one really owns the ocean. No. You know? No. Except Mother Nature. Exactly. And actually, you and can be two Mother Nature's. One being Jane Goodall, and one being Mother Nature. One hundred percent. You have a great Jane Goodall story. Yeah, this was a good story. I'll, I'll cherish that story. <laughs> you know. Yeah. It's a good story. But. uh I want to thank Guy for taking me up that, that one, taking me up there that day. Really mm. experience. It was fun. Totally. Well, thank you, my friend, for the interview. Thank you. It's short, sweet, and quick, and easy. It's great. You know, and then uh, once again, it'll be on YouTube. It'll be on every podcast platform on OfferItRadio.com. My next show is uh, Jeff Weirs from the Expendables, who has the Expender Farms, and another guy that's his partner. I don't know. I can never remember. It's next Tuesday. But maybe a show between now and next Tuesday. You never know. So anyway, thanks for tuning in. Scott, thank you so thank much. Thank you. Take care, everybody. Okie dokie. Uh, good afternoon.